you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Amen. Why healing? This series on healing, Be Made Whole. Why, why are we going to talk about healing for the next few weeks? Because it's, it's very controversial, this, this subject of healing. And, and let's just jump to the controversy. Well, if God heals them, why doesn't he heal everybody? Wow. Everybody wants to know that. And because I don't understand that and I can't connect with that, then I'm just going to leave it alone. And a lot of churches do. They just leave it alone. We don't understand it. We can't explain it. So we just leave it alone. No, I think we need to get in the word and let the word of God speak to us. Not somebody, but let's let the word speak to us. Guys, I'm just, I'm just letting you know this morning I have 15 scriptures. And so this is going to be like a machine gun this morning. I've done this before, but um, <laughs> if you need the notes, they're going to put the slide up there. It says lifeway.church forward slash zero three dash zero one. Can you believe it's March already? Dash two zero. That's where you get the notes. Um, that's how you can get a hold of the notes and follow along with me. Uh, all the notes are out there. Lifeway.church forward slash zero three dash zero one dash two zero. The first reason that we're going to talk about healing is because it's in the Bible. <laughs> it's in the Bible. And we're a Bible-believing church. Now, recently, we've heard that more and more churches are moving away from the Bible. And they're kind of separating themselves from the Bible being the authoritative, absolute Word of God. But listen, uh, there's a new survey that's out that Barna did over the past few months. And it's been confirmed that the leading concern of pastors today is that the gospel has become watered down. Over 500, almost 600 pastors were surveyed, and it was the top, the top concern that they had. 72% of those pastors that were surveyed said that the top concern that they have is that the gospel is being watered down today. And so I'm concerned. I'm one of those 72 percenters. I need a big jersey that says 72 on it or something. I'm concerned that the body of Christ is watering down the gospel. You know, Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 that the the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Right? And if the power of God, if the gospel, the good news is the power of God unto salvation, it's also the power of God unto healing. And so the reason maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm just dropping this out there. What if, maybe the reason that we don't see more people healed is because we've backed off of it from the Bible standpoint. We want to just hypothesize or build it off of someone's uh, experience. And no, we need to get back to the Bible. What the Bible says, we as a church have decided that we are going to hold up the word of God. This is what we believe from cover to cover all the way through. There's, listen, there's scriptures that I don't understand here. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm a pastor. I have to be a general, general practitioner. I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I'm not a Greek scholar. But I can read a book that a Hebrew scholar wrote or a Greek scholar wrote, right? But as a pastor, I'm, my primary responsibility is to take the concept and the principles of the truth of the Word of God and break them down into practical application so that we can do what God wants us to do, so that we can experience His healing that He provided for us. Amen? Amen. So the second reason why we should talk about healing is Jesus declared that it was His ministry. And Luke, you're in Luke chapter 4. Or you're in Luke, but go to chapter 4 in Luke, verse 18. Luke 4, 18. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach a feel-good message. No. Make you feel good and make you successful. Successful and prosperous. No. He said, to proclaim the good news to the poor. The poor need to hear the good news. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for those who are bound or are prisoners. He wants us to be free. The gospel is the power of God to free people who are bound. He said, he, he sent me to, to, to preach the recovery of sight for the blind. He wants people that have been blind to see. Not just spiritually blind, but physically blind. And he healed many who were physically blind. To set those who are oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So when Jesus came on the scene, he said, this is the year of the Lord's favor. And every year since then, we call it the year of our Lord. So if this is the year of our Lord 2020, it's the year of the Lord's favor in our life. <laughs> God's favor is in my life because Jesus declared that his ministry involved healing. It wasn't just preaching the gospel. gospel the gospel of salvation is eternal life. Believe on the Lord and you shall be saved. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that, that, and you shall be saved, right? There's eternal life, but part of that eternal life is having healing in our body while we're still on this earth. John 6, 38 says this. This is Jesus talking. For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So Jesus, whatever he did on earth, he was doing as the will of the Father that sent him. Because he pointed to the fact that he was always connected to the Father. He always did what his Father wanted him to do. And so if you look at John 14, John chapter 14 and verse 9, is Jesus talking again. And he says this, Jesus answered Philip, and he says, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Everybody say, the Father, the Father is doing the work, doing the work. Through, Jesus. through Jesus. Now, if the Father's doing the work through Jesus and we are the body of Christ and the Father is still in the earth by the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ doing the works that Jesus did, right? Part of those works were healing. We're going to see this from the amount of scripture that I have today. Are you ready for scripture? Now, you can argue with my opinion, but I would advise you not to argue with God's scripture, with God's word. He said it. He knew what he said before he said it, and he said it for a reason. He, he, he has given us his word, and he never took his word back. He and his word are one. It's his promise, and if we believe his promise, we receive the benefit. The third reason I believe that we should talk about healing uh, periodically more and more is because people need to be healed. Have you noticed that there's uh, a pandemania, a pand <laughs> pandemic and pandemania about this pandemic? Just wild things. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, downplay it or downgrade it, but listen, fear is uh, propagated by media outlets in the days that we're living in. And the enemy will use every opportunity to magnify and increase the fear that's on the earth. And so Jesus, when he left, he said, my peace I give to you. Not, not the peace that the world gives, but my peace I give to you. He said, don't, don't worry. When you hear about wars and rumors of wars, wars, don't worry. Right? So he wants us to be in peace. But there, there, there are people that are anxious. They're full of anxiety. And anxiety opens the door to disease. Doctors have proven it. And so the more that we give place to this, oh, somebody has this virus, then the more anxious we become and the more fretful we become and people need healing all over, all over the world, but here in Decula as well. Um, when people heard that Jesus was healing, they came to him to receive healing. 
right? Because he had healing. He brought healing. Healing was part of his ministry. People came to receive healing. And this is what people need today. I really believe that your coworkers, the people that live next door to you, people that are in your neighborhood, they're looking for healing. I love medical science. I think it's fantastic. And, and God has anointed medical science to help people, humans, stay alive. But the answer is the Word of God. Right? The answer is not science. I'm not denying science. I'm not denying uh, God's wisdom and intelligence that he's given man and woman to, 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 to discover things. But our faith is to be in God for his healing power to work in, in our life. Look at Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. There was a man that came to Jesus who was a leper. And he asked this question. And it's the question that people are still asking today. And we find it here in Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Man with leprosy came and he knelt in front of Jesus. Begging to be healed. There's people today that are begging to be healed. They don't have anything else. Their, their back is against the wall. There's no cure. And they're, they're, they're begging to be healed. This man was in a desperate situation. Leprosy, um, it was thought of as a curse. It was spread by touch. That's why it's amazing that Jesus touched this man. Leprosy, uh, those who had leprosy were put in colonies outside the city because they knew that they were going to die and they would spread it to each other. But everybody in that colony had leprosy, so it was just a matter of time. And so that was really their, their death sentence. But in this instance where this leper came to Jesus and bowed down in front of him, Jesus touched him that's important Jesus touched him so the man came and begged Jesus to heal him and he said this if you're willing you can heal me and make me clean he said uh, and then Jesus was moved with compassion and Jesus reached out and touched him and Jesus said I'm willing be cleansed or be healed so it's interesting that the man came with faith in Jesus and the power of Jesus to be healed. He said, I know you can, but will you? I know you can because you've healed other people because I've heard about it, but will you heal me? This is the question that people have today. I know that God can. I know that he can if you look there in Mark chapter 1, verses uh, 29 through 34, let's look at that real quick. Mark 1. This man apparently heard that Jesus had been healing. We see in verse 29 of Mark 1, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simeon and Andrew. Simeon's mother-in-law was in the bed with a fever, or Simon, I'm sorry, Simon Peter. They immediately told Jesus about her. Now, this was just a fever. You know, sometimes when you get a fever, you don't, you don't know why you have the fever, but there's, there's a reason, right? Jesus didn't say, well, let's go take her to the doctor and find out why she has this fever. <laughs> he just, he, so he went to her and took her by the hand and helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait upon them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. It doesn't say how many people, but the, a whole town gathered at the door of Simon's house because his mother-in-law was healed. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And so apparently this leper had heard about Jesus healing and that's why he came to Jesus and he says, I know you can, but will you heal me? You know, I, did, I wasn't able to show up at the door last night or the night before, but can you heal me? Will you heal me right now, right here? Acts 10.38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power 
who went about doing good and healing. All who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He wasn't just going about doing good, giving a cold glass of water to a little child, <laughs> or giving some money to the poor. He was healing. Those things are good. Now, Jesus did good, but he also healed. Right? Part of Jesus' ministry was healing. Jesus declared it, and we see it, we see it clearly from the Word of God. Did you ever think that because God created your body, that he can also heal your body? We see scripture after scripture that, that God formed me in my mother's womb. He knit me together in my mother's womb. He created me. And if I truly believe that God is the creator of heaven and earth and everything that's in heaven and earth, then he created me. The power of God created me. My mother and father just happened to be used as instruments in that creation, right? And because he created me, he can heal my body. He can do it. He can do it. Everybody say, he can. He, can. he is healing. Look here, Exodus fifteen twenty six. One of the names of God, Jehovah Rapha. God revealed himself to Moses. He said, I am that I am. And so he's, he's telling Moses, here am I. This is what I am. In Exodus 15, 26, he says, I am the Lord who heals you. So God was revealing himself in healing to Moses way before Jesus came on the earth. So God is healing 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53.4. I'm not going to turn to those, but we, we, we look at Matthew 8. If you look at Matthew 8, they'll put it up on the screen. Matthew 8.16 and 17 says this. When the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. And he healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. To, to bear something means to lift off and push away. If you're going to bear it, he bore our sicknesses. He took off our sicknesses and pushed them away from us because of the stripes that he took upon his back before, before, he was hung on a cross. So Jesus did not just shed his blood for our salvation and for the remission of sin. He took stripes upon his back for our healing before he was ever nailed to the cross. So he saves us, but he heals us. Right? So Jesus can because Jesus is. We need to, we need to decide, decide with finality that he will. He will. Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Again, we, we said this before. Jesus settled this issue. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, verse 18. Because he has anointed me. Not to just preach a good message. And to help people. To give to the poor. Not even just to bring salvation, but he says he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Mental, mental uh, illness is very prevalent in our day. People are, are, are trapped in their mind. And they need to be free. They're prisoners to their own thoughts. And then when, when they're pres prescribed medication... A lot of times that, that traps them even more. They're addicted to those medications. But Jesus wants to break the chains of bondage. Whether they're in your mind, in your soul, feelings. He wants to free us and heal us from the inside out. He wants us to recover our sight. Sometimes when we're so oppressed or depressed, there's different levels of depression and different causes of depression and different levels of oppression that all lead to possession. 
Jesus spoke to demons and cast demons out of people. And that was their freedom. That was their healing. But we can see it today that people are oppressed. People are depressed at different levels and different degrees. But Jesus was sent so that people would be free. He brings a message of healing. Not just a message, but a demonstration of healing. He wasn't just preaching it. He was doing it. He was doing it. So he will. Let's talk about uh, the enemy of healing for a few minutes. The enemy of healing. Reasons why the enemy fights so hard against healing. Look at John 10.10. You know, the enemy doesn't like this message of healing. He doesn't. He fights against it. He doesn't want people to be free. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus revealed the tactics of the enemy. He revealed the strategy and the plans of the enemy right here in John 10.10. Really, it's the dividing line of the Bible. John 10.10 is the dividing line of the Bible. Jesus says the thief, and he's talking about the enemy, the devil, Satan himself, comes, he only comes for this purpose. It's a threefold purpose, to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come that they might have, might have life and have that life to the full, the fullness, abundance, the abundant life. He wants us, he doesn't want us to miss anything. You know, if you're not feeling good and you're laid up in the bed, you're, pretty soon you're missing something, right? And if you've ever been there in the bed, just laying there, it's like, when can I get out of this bed, right? To get back to life, living life. Life is, is giving and receiving, giving and receiving, giving and receiving. If, you, if you're laid up, and you can't give and receive, then you're not having the abundant life. But Jesus said that the enemy's purpose is threefold. Kill, steal, and destroy. So the enemy desires to eliminate as many people off of this earth as he possibly can before they make Jesus the Lord of their life. And then if you do make Jesus the Lord of your life, it's the enemy's strategy to eliminate you off of this earth before you can make any impact on anybody else. Right? He wants to shorten your life so that you're not pulling people from his kingdom into the kingdom of God. Can you see that? You agree with that? The enemy is he's diligent, he's shrewd, but he's a loser. I've read from the front to the back, and he's a loser. <laughs> his destination is not just the lake of fire. <laughs> Some, some say he's, he's, he's going to live in the lake of fire forever. No, he's, he's falling in the bottomless pit that, 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 that is through the bottom of the lake of fire. He's going to be thrown to the lake of fire and then fall forever and ever and ever. He's, he, he's going to be like that commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> so the enemy <laughs> is, is, is causing this... Uh, ignorance about healing that's how he fights against his healing number one the number one way he fights against healing is ignorance he wants to keep people blind and misinformed look at second corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 told you there was a lot of scripture second corinthians 4 4 that they put it up on the screen they're really good about that satan Who's the God of this world. Everybody say the God of this world. That's why we're not of this world. Jesus said, keep them from... He said, Father, don't take them out of this world because we need to be influencers in this world, but keep them from the evil of this world. So in 2 Corinthians, the Spirit of the Lord through Paul, the Apostle Paul, identified Satan as the God of this world. He's blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And so when people don't believe, what they're saying is, I don't believe, and I'm willingly wanting to be blinded. Blinded from the truth. But the very moment that somebody says, you know, I want to know the truth, the blinders come off. And God's spirit begins to deal with them concerning his word. Because God is in the, he, he's in the habit of revealing himself. 
He loves to reveal himself. He, he revealed himself to Moses, changed his life. Revealed himself to, to Paul, Saul, changed his life. He wants to reveal himself as healer to change your life. So 2 Corinthians, Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, and they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And so if people's minds can be blinded from the truth of salvation, they can also be blinded from the truth of healing. And what you don't know will kill you, <laughs> right? That's why we need to be informed. That's why there's value and information and campaigns to inform you to wash your hands. You know, you, there's spirit, spiritual application there as well, right? But the enemy is trying to blind the minds of those who don't believe in healing, to keep them ignorant. Look at Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. Hosea 4, 6. My people, this is Hosea the prophet in the, in the Old Testament or the first, first covenant. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's why we say what you don't know can hurt you, can kill you. If you don't know something, if you don't know how to identify poison and you ingest poison, it can kill you, right? And so we need to know, how are we going to know what God's will is about healing unless we go to the truth? Not someone's experience, not your great-grandmother who believed God and but she died and, well, if it didn't work for her, it must not work for me. And so... No, we go to God's word, directly to God's word, right? Believe the word of God. Another way the enemy fights against this healing is that there's wrong teaching, a lot of wrong teaching. Uh, um, here's, here's something that's wrong. You don't have enough faith. People say, well, you just don't have enough faith. That's the reason you're not healed. You don't have enough faith. And my question to that person who's saying that is, who made you God? How do you know that person doesn't have faith? God is the only one that knows the heart. That statement right there in itself has hurt a lot of people. Turn them off to the truth of God's word. Well, you just don't have enough faith. How do you know? We, we do know that Jesus said this. If you had faith as, grain, as, 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 as small as a grain of mustard seed, and you would say to this mountain to be plucked up and removed and thrown into the sea, it would obey you. That's how potent or powerful faith is. And then over in Corinthians, it says that God has, he's not, he's not a respecter of one person or another person because he's given to every person the measure of faith. And so you have faith. Look at your neighbor and say, you have faith. You have faith. We need to encourage each other in our faith and not discourage one another and say, well, you, you don't have faith. No, I have faith. You have faith. We have to use our faith. We have to feed our faith. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so if there's faith in the word and I hear the word, then there's faith growing in me. We can grow our faith. We can strengthen our faith through the word of God. And that's our responsibility, right? I need to focus on the fact that God is faithful. I need to focus on his faithfulness. I need to go back over and over. And I've been going over and over and over the, the instances where Jesus healed in the New Testament. 27, some odd, depending on how you classify it, there were, there were 27 times where Jesus healed. And read them over and over and over. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if, if, if you find them in those different gospels, read them over and over and ask the Lord, show me, show me what, what Jesus was doing. And his motivation was always love. It wasn't to show off. 
Jesus, Jesus never did say, okay, everybody look over here. I'm about to heal this guy. I want you to see how powerful I am, right? I have to prove that I'm the son of God. Everybody look over here. Look over here. I'm going to heal this guy. No, no. He loves us. And he's not going to judge you and say, well, you just don't have enough faith. Sorry, I can't do this today because you don't have enough faith. No, that's not my Jesus. Another wrong teaching is uh, miracles and healing have passed away. But they just passed away. Too bad. (laughs) You missed the expiration date. That doesn't doesn't even sound like God. Well, Jesus healed during his time. And then he gave a little extra time as a little icing on the cake for the, the last apostles, the apostles that walked with him. And then right, right when the last one died, cut it off. That's, that's what I was taught, though. Well, you know, no, if that would have been the case, Jesus would have said, you know, during my ministry, there's going to be healing. But once I leave, you're not going to have any healing. And that was contrary to what he did teach and what he did do. Let's look at a couple of scriptures where he commissioned other people to go and heal. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 9, Jesus commissioned 70 disciples. He sent them out. Some, some people say 72. 70, 72. I mean, what's, what's two more, right? Bible scholars kind of argue over one, two little people, right? <laughs> But Jesus gathered his disciples, 70 of them, said, hey, go two by two. And here's what I want you to do. In verse 9 of Luke 10, he says, heal the sick. Luke 10, verse 9, heal the sick who are there. And when you heal them, tell them that the kingdom of God has come near you. Jesus gave someone the ability and the authority to go and heal In Mark 16, well, let's go to Luke 9 first. You were right there in Luke 10. So just flip a couple of, couple of pages back. He said, when he called the 12 together in verse 1, Luke 9, 1, he called the 12 together and he gave them power. Everybody say power. And authority. There's two different, there's two different things there, you know. If you think about a, 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 a policeman, he has the authority to stop a semi-truck. But physically, he doesn't have the power, right? But he can go and stand in the middle of the street, hold up his badge and, and be in his uniform and hold his hand out there and it will stop that opposing power, right? We have power and authority given to us by Jesus. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to what? Heal the sick. And if you look in verse 6 of that same chapter, just a couple of verses down. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. They did that. Because Jesus told them to do that. The 70 did that because Jesus told them to do that. In fact, the 70, when they came back to Jesus, they said, man, you can't imagine. Already, he imagined it already because he gave them the power to do it. But they were so excited. Wow, when we told those demons to leave, they left. And Jesus said, hey, that's good. That's good. You obeyed what I told you to do. But rejoice that your names are written. In the Lamb's book of life. So we we don't rejoice in the power that God gives us. We We rejoice that we belong to him. Right? Because he's all powerful. It doesn't come from us. Right? Jesus even said, what I do, I do because of my father. Right? But then in Mark 16, before he left. Mark 16. In verse 18. Jesus said to us, his disciples, who were 
we became disciples because of his first disciples, because they preached, and then those disciples after them, and them, and them, and here we are in 2020, and Jesus is saying to us that we will place our hands on sick people, and they will get well. That is God's will for us. And so we've had wrong teaching that has said, well, you, you just, you never can tell Who's got, who, who God's going to heal. So we just pray, Lord, if it be thy will. And then we expect that, okay, this person and this person and this person was his will, but what about that person and that person and that person? Come on. So in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about things like that. But I want to leave you with some of the ways that God heals. Some of the ways, some of the ways that God heals. Because God's not limited to a formula. And he's, he's not, you can't box him into one method. God's bigger than one method. And so we're not looking for a method. We're looking for a relationship with him. His ways are higher than our ways. And one mistake that we make a lot of the times is we, ha we have this preconceived idea of how God is going to heal us. Right? Well, if I just do this and this and this, then God, you're bound to heal me. You will heal me if I do this and this and this and this. If I pray long enough, if I read my Bible long enough, if I get somebody that's really powerful to lay hands on my head, come on. That, those are games, guys. We, we think, guys, and, and, and with our mind, we can't conceive the ways that God can heal us or wants to heal us. He wants to heal us so that he gets the glory, he gets the credit, so that it doesn't depend on us. Did you know that your healing doesn't depend on you? It doesn't depend on anybody else. It only depends on God. And Jesus, in the finished work of the cross, gave his healing once and for all. It's settled. It's done. He doesn't take any more stripes on his back. He took all the stripes that he needed over 2,000 years ago. So one of the greatest ways I believe that God heals is found in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. I believe this is the, the, the best way that we can receive healing is to take it from God's word. Take healing from God's word. Here's Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My child, pay attention. Again, Proverbs was written by who? Solomon. Written to his son, right? But this is really the spirit of God writing to us. We're his children. And, and so he says, my child, pay attention to what I say. You know, to pay attention to something, you have to, it, it costs you something. To pay attention, it costs you something. Listen to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. In other words, keep the word, like Joshua chapter 1 says, keep the word before you day and night. Meditate on the word day and night. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. How does the word penetrate deep into your heart? Because you read it and you meditate on those words. You read it out loud. You read it to yourself. You read it. You read it. You get it in your heart. Let, it, let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they will bring life to those who find them. If you want life, go to the words of life. Not to Google. Not to Facebook. You'll get sympathy from Facebook. You'll get people to feel sorry for you from Facebook. You'll get empathy maybe. But the words of life are right here. And so we have to keep our eyes on the words of life. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Because they bring life to all who find them. And healing to their whole body. Their whole body. So taking healing from God's word means that we stay in his word all the time. 
Man, if you need healing, there's nothing better than just staying in the Word, staying in the Word, staying in the Word. And I know your mind. There's times where we pray. There's times where we study the Word and our mind is like, oh, do we have to do this again? From your heart, from your spirit, you need to say, yes, we're going to do this again and again and again and again and again. Right? Your mind never wants to pray. (laughs) Your heart does, but your mind doesn't. Your body wants to go eat fried chicken or, or chocolate pie in the refrigerator. That one last piece of chocolate pie says, hey, you don't need to pray. Come, eat me. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you can pray later. You can study the word later. But we have to. If, if we're following hard after God, if we're seeking Him with all of our heart, if we love Him more than Anything else that we're going we're gonna to spend time in this word, we're going to let those words penetrate in our heart because they provide healing to our body. We have to stick with the word. We can't base our healing on someone else's experience. Don't base your healing on somebody else's experience. You know, everybody has a story. And although they may have a story, my faith has to remain in God's word, not on your story. People say, well, I did this and this and this and this. You know, the Lord led me to, to do a keto diet and blah, blah. And if, if the Lord is leading you to, in that direction, if he says, okay, take this vitamin and do a lot of exercises and drink a lot of water, then follow that. But that's not the healing. He's the healer. We keep our eyes on him. <laughs> we keep our eyes on him. Not on the method. Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. I like that. That's the New Living Translation. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. God wants to snatch some people today from the door of death. He sent out his word and healed them. It's his word that heals because the power is in his word. There's a couple more methods or ways, if you will, that God heals that are scriptural that I want to look at before we go. The elders anointing with the oil in in James chapter 5. James chapter 5. I'm not going to actually turn there or show it to you on the screen. But in James chapter 5, it says, Call, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church. I've had a lot of people call me as a pastor. But I'm just going to be real honest with you. A lot of people call on behalf of somebody else. And the first question that goes through my mind is, Lord, does that person really want me to come and pray for them? Or is it because their wife called me and wants me to come pray for that person? Or their cousin? Will you go to the hospital? I've had people say, hey, I have a relative up in the hospital. Will you go pray for them? My first question is, do they want me to come? Right? That's a valid question, isn't it? The person that needs healing needs to call for the elders of the church. In fact, today we're going to have elders of the church up here praying. If you need healing, this would be a good day to call for the elders of the church to pray for you. The prayer of faith, the Bible says in James 5, that the Lord will heal you. And if you have any sins, he'll forgive sin. And sometimes we just need to ask, are are you dealing with any sin? The sin of unforgiveness can block healing in our life. And it's not wrong to say, hey, do you have any unforgiveness? Don't be offended. I mean, there's times maybe that I have unforgiveness that I don't even know about, right? Hey, we deal with things. But if we, if we my, my point is, if we do things the scriptural way, we're going to get scriptural results, right? We shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Because ultimately what we want is healing. And if we do things God's way, we will be healed. Right? In that same chapter, it talks about confessing your sins to one another and praying for one another that you may be healed. I've prayed for somebody to be healed and I was healed myself. 
based on that scripture. And I didn't even think about it. I was praying for someone else. And I got healed. Uh, Number three, the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gifts of the Spirit. One of the gifts of the Spirit is gifts of healings. And there's certain times where the gifts of healings uh, will manifest. The gifts of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of healings will manifest. It's happened to me where the Lord would, would use the gifts of the Spirit. One time it happened uh, years ago when I was doing the preliminaries in a, in a service. I was an associate pastor, and the pastor was sitting over there, and I was leading the worship at the moment, and the Lord kept dealing with me. The lady back there with the polka-dotted blouse on, and I'm like, what about the lady? And I'm singing, and the Lord's talking to me. What about the lady back there with the polka-dotted blouse? And I'm singing, and I'm like, he says, I want to say something to her. And I'm like, Lord, and I'm singing. Lord, if you want to say something to her, you say something to her. I'm singing. <laughs> this is the only time this has ever happened to me now. I'm telling you. And so I'm just moving along, and then I'm thinking in my mind, well, what's the pastor going to think if I start speaking to this lady with the polka-dotted blouse on? And it just got stronger and stronger. I kind of tried to dismiss it about three times. And then all of a sudden, there was a break in what we were doing. And I said, uh, the, I can't do anything else. But the Lord wants me to tell this lady right back here with a blue polka dotted blouse on. Lady, could you step out here for a second? I said, and I didn't know what I was going to say. I had no idea. I didn't even know she was pregnant. I did not know that this lady was pregnant. Because I couldn't see her. She was standing up there. I said, step out there. I said, the Lord wants you to know... <laughs> And I'm like, what do, you want him, uh, what do you want her to know? That what the doctor said is not true. You're not going to lose the baby. You're going to be fine. And the baby's going to be fine. And she just broke down and cried. Now, the result of that three months later was that she brought the baby back. And the baby was fine. And I'm telling you, things like that happen. But we, that's the gifts of the Spirit. We'll get to that later. The, the fourth... Laying on of hands. We already talked about Mark 16. That we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. All, God just wants to use your hands. <laughs> there's no power in your hands. But there's obedience. And when I lay hands on people, I say, Lord, according to your word in Mark 16, I'm obedient to you and I'm laying the hands. You've got the power and I just, I've got the obedience. I lay hands based on your word and you do the rest. Then there's the prayer of agreement in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Matthew 18, 19, where two of you agree is touching anything on this earth that they shall ask. My father, which in heaven will do it, right? We provide the agreement. God provides the power and healing comes as a result. So in conclusion, you guys are really good. This was a rapid fire this morning. Healing. We need healing. Guys, we really need healing. I'm going to pray a prayer of peace. Let's all stand right there where you are. We need peace on earth today. Because just as soon as you turn on the radio, you know, you're going to hear coronavirus. Corona. But let me tell you, the name coronavirus is under the name of Jesus. (laughs) We were just singing about the name of Jesus and the power in his name. The name coronavirus is subject, subject to the name of Jesus. So here's what I want you to do. This week, you take authority over your life. Wash your hands, yes, do all of that. But you declare the name of Jesus over you, over your family, over the school, over the hospitals. We as the body of Christ, if we will do this and take our place and take our authority, the Lord will honor our faith. Now, listen, we're not going to pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, look at us, how powerful we are. No, this is our God taking care of us. He wants to protect us. Jesus came. He shed his blood. He took stripes upon his back for our protection and for our healing. And the very minute... Parents, the very minute that you sense that your child may have something 
uh, a virus or an infection or whatever, you lay your hands. You have permission. You have permission from the Word of God. Mark 16, we lay hands on the sick. We command the sickness to go. We, Lord, thank you that healing comes and sickness leaves. We thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for an awesome day today. We are being made whole in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us how much you love us. That, that was your motive. Every, every time the word says that you moved with compassion, there was always a demonstration of healing. And so we thank you for healing us this morning. We take our healing, Lord. We thank you. Thank you for healing our bodies and our minds. I speak peace. Peace over the church. Peace over this community. The shalom peace of God. We declare the peace of God over this coming week. And Father, we agree with the Christians everywhere around this world that are standing against this virus. We thank you that it's dying right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for raising up the, the medical community and those scientists and doctors who are discovering a, a, a cure for this in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us be prepared. Help us be aware. And help us to trust in you with all of our heart. All of our heart, Lord, we trust in you. In Jesus' name. If there's anybody that needs to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, it's time to do that right now. You're here and you say, I need, I need, to, I need to follow Jesus. Maybe one day in the past you, you, you made a commitment. Maybe you prayed a prayer. But today you're, you're saying again, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you, I want you to pray with all of us together as we declare that Jesus is Lord over our life. The Bible says that we, if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth. That's how we connect with the salvation that God provides. Let's all pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I believe. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.